Hey guys, on this Sam Mays podcast, Oklahoma State Report, we had a chance to sit down and talk to Seth Duckwork, the pistols firing. We kicked it off with the news of Derek Mason, OK State's new DC. We talked a lot about the details surrounding AJ Ferrari's big wreck and everything coming up for the wrestling program. Also, I just got a call from Jackson's and Kingfisher, and if you're in the market for a used car, be sure to give them a call and mention the Sam Mays podcast for $500 off. Hope you guys enjoy the pod. Buying a home is an overwhelming process. Wouldn't you rather work with a lender you know and trust? West Sims with Financial Concepts Mortgage can cover all your residential home loan needs from conventional FHA, VA, USDA, RD to down payment assistant loans and more. With low rates and one low flat rate origination fee, you can depend on the full transparency you need. Get pre-approved for your future today. Call or text 405-314-6276 or fill out your application at westsims.zipforhome.com. Experience the home team advantage. West Sims with Financial Concepts Mortgage. Empire Bar Service is Oklahoma's premier bartending experience specializing in weddings, private parties, holiday parties, and corporate events. With combined experience of over 50 years, Empire Bar Service has the skill and knowledge to make your event one to remember. With the highest liability insurance and all licensing needed, the stress of serving alcohol at your event disappears. Plus, Empire Bar Service will assist with your signature cocktail creation and craft brewery relationships so your event can truly be one of a kind. Find them on Facebook or text 405-850-1334 and tell them Sam Mays sent you for a special discount. Let out the beast. Welcome, I'm Sam Mays, and today we're at Bad Brad's Barbecue in Stillwater, Oklahoma with Seth Duckworth. Seth is a wrestling aficionado, uh, somebody I trust to tell us the whole story here uh, with Oklahoma State Wrestling, but you work for several organizations, right? The one that I know, Pistols Firing. Yes, correct. I kind of kicked off my wrestling riding bit, I guess, with Pistols Firing. I still do that, um, covering Oklahoma State. Um, that led been pretty successful with that i guess and that's led to other opportunities and uh, now i'm writing for another website called owrestle.com um they're kind of a myriad of of all things oklahoma wrestling from high school up to you know all the other colleges ou uco um neo uh, just really everything across the state and wrestling there and then i'm also the big 12 correspondent for intermat and so i cover the entire big 12 oh wow where, uh, intermat's another website and um, they're kind of one of the more traditional, older websites in wrestling, and we have different um, correspondents for each co- conference, and I, and I got the Big 12, so. Well, one, you must be extremely busy, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate that. There was some breaking news uh, this morning as I signed off my morning show in Tulsa with John Hoover. Uh, it looks like Derek Mason is new. This new defensive coordinator here at Oklahoma State, uh, Mike Gundy kind of swinging the big bats and going to get a guy that has a tremendous reputation, has been a head coach in college football, had the fourth-ranked SEC defense this year, and he brings a whole lot of knowledge to a staff that it looks like Mike is going to keep somewhat intact uh, and and move forward into next season with this new defensive unit that looks you know like it's been weaponized a little bit. Everything that Mike Gundy said 
this offseason, everything he said all season long about what's next for Oklahoma State football and the brand that they have and, you know, the future of Cowboy football, he seems so focused on, you know, t- leveling up this hire screams that. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of this. I think it's an excellent acquisition for Oklahoma State football. And, frankly, uh, I'm surprised. You know, I'm absolutely surprised that, uh, that this is going down. But it says nothing but Oklahoma State's football program is in great shape. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm obviously more of a wrestling guy, and we're going to talk about all that, but um, I attended Oklahoma State, and it's kind of looked at as, to me, not one of the Blue Bloods. Obviously, you know, it's they don't have the helmet that OU, Alabama, all these other schools have, and he goes, and, and the hires have kind of mirrored that, even um, – you know, Shippensburg, yeah, Duke, yeah. um, right. with the assistant coaches and that sort of thing. Then you go steal one from Auburn that, you know, has won national titles, has, is, has not quite the, you know, the Alabama brand name, but, you know, it's right there one. up it's there. No it's doubt, a, it's yeah. a heck of a brand name and, and a heck of a coach. I mean, he almost beat Alabama this year, right. <laughs> you know, as an assistant. And I, I don't know. I think that's a, like you said, it's just an incredible hire for OSU and, and a, a statement about the brand that Oklahoma State is kind of becoming, I guess. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And the thing you also love about this from a recruiting aspect is, one, I'm hearing rumors that they are going to send some uh, – there might be some transfers along with this, which would be cool with the transfer portal being what it is. But you're bringing a coach that has a foot in the SEC as far as recruiting is concerned. When Georgia when, – when 60% of Georgia's roster is from Georgia – what? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you got to get those kids. you got to go down to the south and pull those kids out of there. So now, you know, maybe you'll get a, a kid or two that you didn't have a chance of getting with Mason on, on the staff. So I'm here for it for sure. Yeah. And there are also, obviously, uh, as far as the Oklahoma State wrestling program is concerned, there was some breaking news this week. Yeah. Uh, also, some pretty terrifying breaking news as uh, A.J. Ferrari was in a pretty uh, gruesome-looking car wreck. Uh, as he is trying to, he's trying to pass some people on Highway 33. I've been on that stretch of road a million different times. I know exactly where he was at uh, when it happened. He hits a, a vehicle head on. Uh, the car lights on fire. It looks like a toy. And the photographs of the, tar- of the car are ridiculous. Like I would have told you, no one survived that wreck by looking at the car. Uh, and then the, the um, miracles happen, right? Casey Dunn, associate head coach and athletic director. Wow is right there on the scene when it happens. And Casey describes it as a big man helps him get A.J. Ferrari out of the car, and then the guy goes and leaves. What? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of st- – what is that? The, the entire thing is just mind-blowing. Like I said, you look at that car, um, there's no way you believe that anything person came alive out of that thing. Right. And, like, not one single – and they essentially both came out – my understanding is – from all I've heard and read and, and wrote about and put together and everything is essentially Ferrari was kind of in shock after it and he was acting a little different. So they looked at the accident and, and pieced it together. Okay, we got to take him to, uh, we got to life flight him out of here and get him to a hospital. And we know, you and I know, know at least coming from that area, it's, it's rural. It's not, there's not oh, any yeah. hospitals around right. there to get him to really quickly or anything. But ultimately he was, for something like that, he was essentially fine. Um, you know, a little bit of internal bleeding, but I, I, I would, I know they're close to even being out of the hospital. I don't know if he's quite out yet. And I mean, it's just the most mind blowing thing I've ever seen. And then for Dunn to just happening to be in the same area, see it go down, be a part of pulling it out, and then also the mystery man or whatever, right? And whatever's going him on do there, it, yeah. It's it's all uh, just 
insane and heroic and i mean to, to for dunn to step up and do something like that again i don't know all the circumstances of what happened mm-hmm. like and and exactly how him and that guy go in and, and pull ferrari out but it's just incredible to think you know for somebody to to have the the guts and the fortitude and everything else to to go pull a kid out of a car after he's just been in an accident like that is mind-blowing. Yeah, Casey Dunn, a special breed. I think the people who know him, who have seen this story, uh, everybody says that it tracks. Like, that's just who he is as a human being. Um, you know, I, I would hope that if I was to see something like that, that I would also act like he did. But there's just no guarantee. that You mean the car is on fire. Like, how many people are going to run up to a burning car? I play video games. You know there's <laughs> gas in that thing. What's going to happen next is going to blow up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, just an incredible story there. The, the kid that he was in the car with, um, cross-country runner, right? Yes. Uh, I can hardly pronounce his first name. Issei. Issei, that's his right. first name. Rodriguez is his last name. Yeah. Um, him and Ferrari are, are essentially best friends and, and have been. And, you know, Ferrari gets all the shine and all the talk in, in the sport. Um, he's going, uh, barring being healthy, 100% healthy coming out of this. He's going to, you know, continue to be a big name in the sport and uh, probably go on to either career in the UFC or WWE, which he's signed an NIL deal with WWE. But Ise, in his own right, is is an impressive athlete. And I think that's – I think he's a couple-time All-American, a Big 12 champ. But, you know, I don't want, know, know what specific races he runs and that right. sort of thing. But but he's, he's all there. He, he, he's a heck of an athlete. And the way I, I watched uh, – the John's press, press conference, conference yeah. yesterday, and the way him and Dave Smith, which is the track coach, described it, is him and Ferrari's relationship is just they're both so driven, driven, motivated, in, in yeah. winning at their craft that they they sort of felt formed this bond over over that, and they just spend time together. And uh, you know, uniquely, I'm originally from Cushing, Oklahoma, and that's where Ferrari was doing uh, the camp when right. he was com- that he was coming back from. And um, I guess he say just went along, went along with him, yeah. More or less, just, yep. you know, his friends or whatever. And then uh, on the way back, this is when all this happened. And, and I mean, and I, you know, I, in all the conversations about this, I don't want it to get lost. And it does sound like Ferrari didn't make the best decision. And, um, you know, he was driving on the wrong side of the road. And yeah, else right. Like that. Trying to pass those cars. And, and, and that's, you know, it is what it is. And kids tend to do some of those things. And it's terrifying for, I know, me and you as parents, I, I don't know, my, like, <laughs> I've made a joke, but it's like I don't even want my kid to get a driver's license. Right, I know it, right. When you think about stuff like that. But but I'm really thankful, though, that the the other individual uh, in, the, in the other car that was struck, they, my understanding, were pretty much unscathed, and, and that's such a blessing that, that nothing happened to her and that, uh, you know, she walked out of there and didn't even have to go to the hospital or right. anything. So. Incredible um, but, story. But yeah, the entire thing is just insane. You know, here at the Oklahoma State family, we all we know tragedy in this way probably more so than most universities. And, you know, I was on campus in 2001 when the, the plane crashed. And obviously, um, I'm in Ames, Iowa, you know, 10 years later when Coach Bucky and uh, Coach Cerner's plane went down. And it just, it just, you know, you see something like this. And my, you're, as I think as Oklahoma State fans and alumni and, uh, our brains immediately just you, your heart just sinks because you just know you know you know what it is uh, but the Oklahoma State family has rallied multiple times and we embrace each other and uh, you know we tend to 
to come out of these things on top. But the, the fact that this one is a story that's positive right off the bat, you know, is is pretty exceptional. So good to hear that Mr. Ferrari is uh, is doing well, and hopefully we see him back on the mat sooner than later for sure. As far as uh, the Oklahoma State wrestling program is concerned, you know, I, I kind of, you know, we sat down and we ate a little bit, and, you know, I told you I kind of wanted to do this. So for people who are wrestling fans and people who don't necessarily know a whole lot about the sport, um, I got here in 2000. I the, One of the first things that one of the upperclassmen told me at Oklahoma State was, do not, and I quote, do not mess with the wrestlers. <laughs> do not fight the wrestlers. Do not look at the wrestlers. Do not talk to their girlfriends. Do not do this. Is, this is a six foot seven, 330-pound, very capable offensive lineman who's looking at me like, do not. Talk to those dudes over there, unless they talk to you first. That, that you know, the, the wrestlers were just held in a whole different standard at Oklahoma State. Coach Smith, obviously, the people say the greatest wrestler of all time, uh, one of the greatest uh, competitors of all time, and uh, and somebody that I just uh, I respect and and uh, and honestly, you know, I had a great relationship with him when I was on campus. I several times he'd ask me he'd come out for the team. Why don't you come up here and learn how to wrestle, Sam? I said, Coach, I'm 340 pounds. He said, I'll have you at 285 in a few weeks. What? No, that's not my. It's not my thing. So I love love the wrestling program, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for Oklahomans and the way that they wrestle. You want to go see something cool this time of the year? Go to Cushing or Perry or Newkirk and check out some of these youth tournaments. As it is some of the best wrestling in the world. Some of the best youth wrestling in the world is right here in Oklahoma, and it's, it kind of just seems like it's just fitting that Oklahoma State is smack dab in the middle of this I thirty five corridor where they just get it done at a high level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you were uh, interestingly here in the kind of the golden era, the most recent golden oh, yeah. era of Oklahoma State with Johnny Hendricks, Jake Rochelle, um, yeah. Steve Mako eventually. Yeah. So that's got three guys you definitely don't want to mess with. Hendricks, of course, a UFC champ, and uh, Mako had a, a an MMA career, and, and Rochelle was in the, in the UFC as well too. But, um, yeah, great era of, of, of wrestling right there that you got to – drop right in on yeah, that. They, uh, he had me come up and, you know, hand fighting is, offensive linemen are good at it, right, because yeah. it's just what the game is, pass protection in particular. He has me come up to the wrestling room to hand fight with, with Mako, and I'm just getting my, you know, two-point stance squat down and just kind of just hitting him in his chest. Mako got tired of that quick, scoop slams me. <laughs> I'm on my back like, trip. Lord, please, <laughs> please let this man get off me so I can get my butt out of this wrestling room where I don't belong. Uh, just incredible athletes, incredible men, the discipline that it takes. Um, the, you know, you, you have to be, I hate to say the term crazy. I just don't have it in me to ignore pain like wrestlers do. That's, I'm an All-American, right? I played this game at a high level. I know what pain is and how to fight through it. I don't have a wrestler's ability to, a, to be, to feel a tendon pop, right? Or something dislocate. And to continue through it, like to be a wrestler is a, is a mentality that I think a very select few people actually have. To wrestle Oklahoma State, you're talking about the top 1%, right? Those are the guys that across the country are elite. I love this program. I love what it represents. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there, it's, there's kind of a funny uh, – you talk about the, the, the dealing with, with pain and everything. Um, the national champion, and he's an Iowa guy, and I, I don't know – give too much Iowa praise on here, but uh, the national champion and Hodge winner last year from Iowa was a 125-pounder. He dominated his way through his weight class and, and won the 125-pound NCAA tournament with no ACL. 
No, like with no ACL. Both ACLs torn, and they interviewed him after it, and they asked about it, and he said, "Like, how'd you do it?" He said, "His exact." And they made T-shirts and everything else, but excuses are for wusses. And that's that, what he said. That was his Good response. <laughs> and he no ACLs. No ACLs. Neither knee. Both knee. Um, and, and it was wild. And, and then OSU kind of had a similar story with uh, Wyatt Sheets, who's of course got. Uh, his dad was Mike Sheets and is a legend at Oklahoma State, and uh, he's a, so he's a legacy and came back here. But he uh, had some ACL issues and, and wrestled and became an All American, finished in the top eight. And and I don't know, just like you said, it's it's different it's breed. a different breed of people. And it, it's uh, uh, we were talking about it a little bit before we started, but it, it's it it teaches I think a character and instills a character at the at the youngest age that that lasts for years, and Absolutely. that you see these. People that, you know, I mean, I don't know. that Some of them maybe don't even go on to necessarily these super successful lives, but they're tough enough to deal with whatever is thrown at them, and they can handle it and move through it and continue through it. And most and ultimately that is a thing in life that makes a lot of people successful, and, and that translates to, you know, I don't know, I, for any family or anything looking at a kid and, and what they're doing there in a sport that you want to learn a lot of tough lessons for that help you out, out in life. Wrestling's the one that I think is paramount in, in, in everything. So. I agree. I agree with you for sure. Um, all right, tell me about this year, this season. I haven't had a chance to, to get up to Stillwater to watch a duel yet. Uh, the plan is I'd love to get up here Saturday uh, yeah. to watch one, right? Don't they have – is it Northern Illinois coming in? Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa, yeah. Northern Iowa coming in. Uh, how is Oklahoma State faring so far uh, as a team? And then give me the, uh, the stars. Who are the studs in this team? Okay, so they uh, – are undefeated duels this year. They haven't really faced the stiff as a competition. They did wrestle Minnesota, which of course has an Olympic gold medalist as their heavyweight. Um, but they, but they, uh, but the rest of the lineup, OSU kind of won pretty comfortably in that duel. Um, similar story with uh, uh, more or less the, the rest of the season. They've had you know a couple tough individual matchups, but the but the big brand name duels haven't really started yet. They do start this weekend. Northern Iowa has really saw there's going to be a great matchup there. Um, at 184, um, OSU's got an All American there. They got an All American there. Their guy at 184 is, uh, I don't know, I think a national title contender. He, he, he's that kind of good. Um, and then um, on sa- uh, Sunday, excuse me, it's probably the duel. The, it's it's definitely the best home duel of the season for Oklahoma State. They wrestle Iowa State. Iowa State, you know, has traditionally been a power, um, but they kind of fell on a couple hard years and hired a new coach, and they've kind of restored the program back to what it used to be. So it's OSU ranked number three versus number seven Iowa State on uh, Sunday. Okay. Um, is so uh, UNI ranked? UNI is probably in the top 25. Okay. kind of in the higher end. OSU should beat UNI pretty pretty comfortably. Handily, yeah. But when you talk about Ferrari being out, it loses a little bit, a little bit of star power, but uh, sets up for a, a lot tighter, more exciting duel because it's, you know, every match is huge. And there's, I'd say, three, four that are really true toss-ups that you could see either guy winning, and that'll decide the duel. And, um, you know, it should be a lot of fun. Um, as far as the overall team, uh, they returned Trevor Master Giovanni at, at 125. Uh, he's a he was a true freshman last year, started as a true freshman. And the, the, re- the recruiting class that came in with A.J. Ferrari, 
what, I, 2020, I guess, was was that class. Um, the was stacked. Uh, number one in the country, stars up and down the line, and, and Trevor was part of that group. Um, and Trevor uh, wrestled his freshman year, kind of took some lumps, but did okay. It was a national qualifier. He's been undefeated this year. He's uh, he's really looking strong. He's I think he's probably up to like fifth sticks in the country, which is is pretty good. Um, and and has the, definitely has a shot to be an All American this year. One thirty three uh, is the leader and star of the team is Dayton Fix. Um, he was been a national runner-up twice now, um, had a great summer in freestyle, was a, a world medalist on the senior level. People, um, you know, that don't necessarily follow wrestling very closely, that's a rare feat to be a world medalist while you're still in college. And I, for Dayton to go and do that, and he did it at kind of a weight that he's he's traditionally been a little bit smaller than, cause, so he's up a little bit. But um, but it, I think he going up a weight helped him a lot, and and he wrestled lights out. He lost to a Russian and got a silver um, in the finals. But but to be a senior world medalist while you're still in college, and technically with the COVID year and everything, he's still a sophomore as far as eligibility goes. Unbelievable um, has. A lot left to do for the Cowboys, and again, right now, leader of the program, you know, a guy you really want to follow and keep up with. But he, uh, he, he, he'll get into some tougher matches as we go later in the year. But this weekend, he should kind of roll. But uh, Dayton, kind of his big storyline though is he's been a runner-up twice. He hasn't won a national title, so everybody's kind of watching and waiting to see what happens there. Um, and uh, you know, we'll see how it goes and how it plays out. But great kid. Uh, Tremendous wrestler, uh, like I say, leader of the program. 141, they're starting a true freshman. That's He graduated high school here in Stillwater, but he's originally from Sand Springs. Carter Young, uh, very good. He's uh, He, he kind of had a, a, a similar run this summer um, at, at the World Team Trials and, and beat a lot of big-name kids, and that's what sort of rose the radar on him and got a lot of conversations going about him. And he's been, he's been good this year. He's still taking his lumps as a freshman, and he's got – you know, some development to do, but he's pretty solid. 149, they got Caden Gefeller coming back. He's uh, he's a senior. He's uh, been part of the program for years, um, but really kind of started out hot as a freshman, had a couple rough years, and now as a senior is starting to kind of put it all back together. Right. He's beat a lot of ranked people, uh, really on the right track now. Seems good. 157, White Sheets, he was an All-American last year. He was. Where's Wyatt from? He is from Stillwell, Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. His, yeah. Uh, his dad's a legend at Oklahoma State, uh, Mike Sheets. He's, uh, he was two-time national champion back in the 80s and, I don't know, just really good wrestler there. Legacy family, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, 165, Travis Whitlake has been out a little bit, but he was an All-American last year. He's been a little banged up. My understanding is he should be back this weekend, and they're going to need him against Iowa State, so um, that's a big one. Uh, but he's kind of one of those, he's, like say, All-American, but – they're kind of looking for him to make a leap into the national chip title type conversation, and he, he just quite hasn't taken that step yet. But really solid wrestler, really good. Uh, 174, Dustin Plott is another in the same ilk of uh, of uh, Trevor Master Giovanni, the 125, where he wrestled as a true freshman last year, still technically a freshman this year with the right, COVID, COVID eligibility year, and um, has – Wrestled hurt last year. He had shoulder surgery. You talk about <laughs> another like the toughness and, and all those things. This kid would you would see his shoulder pop out of socket in the middle of matches, and he would just pop, pop it, it back, back in, in. and Good wrestle. <laughs> just insanely tough. Like great kid, great family. Would just just 
this type of stock that I don't know that you don't see anymore, I guess, um, and, and that kind of toughness and everything. Well, anyway, he ha- he did have the surgery. It's been better. He's undefeated this season, and I think he's another one that you're looking to break into that you know top five, at least be an All American, hopefully a high All American this year. Uh, one eighty four is one of the few seniors on the team. Is uh, uh, Dakota Gear, he came back for an extra year and um, was an All-American a couple times. And then 197, of course, has been A.J. Ferrari. Right. True freshman national champion. All the all the, the big – I mean, there have been, I think, three or four in the history of the sport of wrestling true freshman national champion. That's crazy. And that's – one of them is this guy. And, uh, of course – you know, hopefully he's healthy, and it's crazy to talk about sports with him when uh, you know you have such a tragic accident and everything. But uh, but hopefully he's back, and it sounds like he may have a shot to come back this year. And if he wins and continues to, he will possibly be the first ever five-time national champion. Which um, is insane. Yeah, which is which just, is insane. It's is he Oklahoma kid? He's from Texas, actually. And that's, okay. That's a crazy thing to. I guess we can talk about a little bit, but. Texas traditionally has not been a wrestling state. They, not even a little bit. Yeah, yes. yeah, not at all. It's not like a known for for wrestling by any stretch of the imagination. They've had a handful of kids. You had Brandon Slay um, back twenty something years ago that was really good, and he came out of there and he went and wrestled at Penn, and then went on and uh, did some things. But um, it eventually won an Olympic gold medal, and that's. But it, so he kind of put them on the map a little bit, and they've got really strong girls wrestling, which is kind of wild. Like they they really are one of the top women's wrestling states in the country but but as far as overall they they haven't been at allen texas which is um just north of dallas they a, a guy named jerry best who wrestled at chandler and then eventually you i know that name yeah, yeah he moves down to dallas to be a teacher and starts a wrestling program down there and has built one of the best wrestling programs in the country, country yeah. uh, and, and ferrari was part of that group and uh, came out of that and right now i mean they came up here and won a an Oklahoma tournament not too long ago with a lot of good Oklahoma schools. So, um, so, so they've got some in pockets where they where Texas is building and everything. And that's essentially what's kind of comes full circle is the Oklahoma guy goes down there and builds up this program <laughs> and then it brings Ferrari back around to us or whatever. That's awesome. But, uh, and, and that's honestly, it's, it's a weird thing, but when you talk recruiting and everything else, you kind of want to, if you're an Oklahoma state or even an OU person or whatever, um, you kind of want to see Texas have some wrestling success at the high school level because they don't have a lot of colleges down there. And those kids are only a couple hours South of here. No so, doubt. you know, yep. just up I-35. same thing, same concept you see with football with all right. the Texas kids that come to school here. Um, but Ferrari came from Texas. And, um, and then, um, his, I, let me say, I love, the thing I love about AJ Ferrari is, you know, wrestlers at time, I think struggle, uh, you know, in, in a sport where they are, individually on the map by themselves uh, their demeanors don't necessarily lead to media savvy you know what i'm saying like it's hard college wrestling they're just hard to find a star there a lot of the oh, time yeah. some of these dudes are just like the little roll shalt that dude i wouldn't want to sit down and have a meal with him when he was wrestling in oklahoma state he was so Intense, like the youngest. You know, is Jared the youngest Jared. one? Well, he's the kind of the youngest super. So I think they had some younger brothers. But yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but he, was, he was the youngest, like big name. Yeah. yeah, and just you know, just a different type of cat. Like a lot of these guys, Johnny Hendricks, still to this day, oh, as yeah. far as interviews are concerned, you know, just never really just jumped off the page of you, made you want to 
thing, man, that was a great interview with him. And what a great person. <laughs> Ferrari completely different yeah. than anything I've ever seen. Like, I, the WWE NIL thing makes sense to me because he's got such a big personality. But the thing I love about it is I think every coach, you know, when you do it for as long as John Smith has done it, you're going to evolve and change and do all those things also. He clearly is a little bit different than he was 20 years ago in regards to the way that, you know, like Ferrari, I feel like he's just got – he allows him to be – who he is. You know what I mean? The flex in the whole nine yards. I think Coach Smith is very – he's gotten himself into 2022 well. I think these kids are different. I think he's a little bit different as a coach, and it's kind of cool to see him allow Ferrari to be as flamboyant and out, you know, just big as he is. Yeah, I, I went on a uh, podcast with uh, Carson – Cunningham the other day, and and we kind of had talked about this point a little bit. Uh, it was he, he was relating more to, uh, which in your era you guys probably in college at the same time, but with uh, Johnny Hendricks and Johnny kind of had that. I don't know what it was. I don't even know that it was necessarily anything that Johnny specifically did, but people hated him. People oh, loved yeah. to hate him. He was one of the few you know personalities in wrestling that that stood out. And unless you were an Oklahoma State fan. You, you hated like that dude, yes. <laughs> and, and like, and but you couldn't beat him. Like, really, until Mark Perry, John's nephew, which is a is a wild story in itself, uh, came around and went to Iowa, and then and then knocked off Johnny the last year. Nobody was beating Johnny, and 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 the, he had this just thing about him that people didn't like. People just loved to hate, and the, Ferrari's got that too, I think, a little bit. And and I think what John tries to do there is he tries to rein in anything that's like, I mean, example. Unfortunately, with what we were talking about today, with the, with the accident and everything, I don't think Johnny or I don't think John Smith wants people to do anything that's rec- reckless and right. harmful and and different things like that. But as far as like if they're if if AJ is doing something that's just being him, I think John embraces him being him as long as it's not going to hurt anybody else, right? And and, and not going to hurt AJ obviously. And for the most part, when, you know, does flexing after a match do anything to anybody no, no. Man, like, right. it, it's not like it does so let them do it let them have fun you know don't uh you know i know there's certain things that they like deduct points for and stuff like that's so why there's a funny video if you go back and watch it but ferrari pretends to throw his headgear because anytime you throw a headgear they deduct a team point and he stops at the last second and john grabs it out of his hand because he kind of thinks he actually was going to throw it but right just ferrari stick and his whole thing or whatever so i know he likes to rein in things that legitimately could Hurt the, team. hurt the team, yeah, yeah. Hurt the individual, you know, hurt the character of the kid or whatever. But for the most part, he wants them to be comfortable being who they are, and I think he's embraced that with That's John. That's pretty cool. And, I, and I, if you can even d- dive back into maybe the psyche of John Smith in the sport as a whole, but he was really in, innovative in his day and how he – the reason he won an Olympic, two Olympic gold medals and four world titles is he – created his own moves and he created this new just style of wrestling and i think his thing is just kind of like yeah you know some i was different and and, right. and if somebody else right. is different that doesn't mean that's necessarily awesome. mean it's wrong so i'm gonna embrace that with these kids and and that's why i don't think he has too much of a problem with a lot of the the flexing and all those things and the personality that ferrari creates there so. very cool all right, we got a heavyweight left. Is that? Yeah, yeah, Serber, um, Luke Serber. He started out at 174. That's kind of a wild story. He's what? Oklahoma kid. His uh, dad was 
coach at Tuttle, which Tuttle is Huge. a powerhouse program. Yeah. You know, they've won, I want to say, 14 straight state titles or something like that. Um, his dad recently retired, but they're still continuing to be just that dominant. But his dad was his coach growing up, and he was a really just long frame, skinny kid, and he came in as a 174. And um, OSU has had this pattern of, uh, of just taking these smaller guys and, or these 197 kind of type guys and putting a bunch of weight on them and making them heavyweights. They've done it the last couple of years with Austin Schaefer, uh, Derek White, and uh, Austin Harris was another kid that the exact same – he was their starting heavyweight last year, but uh, Serber beat him out for the job this year. But anyway, um, but he, he started off 174, and he's just a tall, skinny kid, and he just, I guess, basically was – found heavyweight just continued to grow right. and get bigger and so on and so forth yeah. and found heavyweight to be the spot for him and so now he's he's really small for the weight i say small he's probably 220 which a lot of the you know he wrestled a kid that weighed in at 280 last week and so that's you know 60 pounds in wrestling is, is a, a bunch yeah. yeah so so he's kind of had some struggles there but uh but but he's he's winning some matches and you know we'll see how the season plays out but nice. and he's another true freshman or excuse me Technically, another freshman who uh, last year had the COVID year, and uh, so they start. They roll out five freshmen. Um, you know, for people that I, you know, with Oklahoma State, I think everybody's looking for the next national title and when are they going to win one? And really, you got to steal one from Penn State. But um, they're a really young team, so all those guys will be around for a little bit. So it's something to follow and keep up with going down the road. So. All right. Well, I I appreciate your your time. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Uh, as far as big matchups, big duels coming up, what would you say is like – because, look, for those who don't know this, Oklahoma State is one of the few arenas in the world that will sell out for a wrestling duel. Like, I've yeah. been in Stillwater when I was in town, and 13,000 people were in that place. And I cannot stress to you enough how unique a wrestling crowd is. You go to football games, you go to basketball games, you go to baseball games, and you're going to have some diehard fans in the crowd. There's no question. You're going to have some high individual – sport acumen guys who actually know how to what football is and what basketball is when you go to a wrestling duel the entire crowd knows the entire crowd is educated there's moments of complete silence there's moments where there's a collective ooh and ah and it is the coolest environment to be in like i'm a sports fan i just love sports and so when you sit there quietly and watch wrestling fans interact with a wrestling duel at this level, it is one of the coolest things. So I would encourage anybody uh, who's a sports fan, you can get up to Stillwater this year and watch those boys compete in one of these, you know, one of these big matchups, Sunday against Iowa State or whatever they got coming up. It'd be worth it. Yeah. They, so the biggest, uh, really the biggest matchup, they, they do go to Missouri, which Missouri was uh, originally kind of probably the number two team in the Big 12 going into the season. And for those of you that don't know, I know Missouri is in the SEC now, but they still wrestle or they just came back to the Big 12 for wrestling. And so the you know, the thought, the, the talk was maybe they're going to be able to contend with Oklahoma State when they come right in. But I, they've slipped a little bit. They haven't looked as good. So I, I don't think that's quite as exciting as, as it could be. But Iowa, of course, the, the biggest rivalry in the sport. Um, you know, I know Penn State's had a lot of success lately. Uh, but everybody talks about Iowa, and, and Iowa is, is the, the, the focal point of wrestling, right? I mean, Iowa and Oklahoma State is, regardless, the, the biggest sport rivalry in the sport and and again I, you can give Penn State a lot of credit for what Kale Sanderson's done there in recent year the be- best rivalry in the sport is Oklahoma State and Iowa and you talked about that crowd and that environment and all those things the best sports 
environment I've ever seen. And I'm a wrestling guy, and admittedly I am. And, and, and even taking my bias out of that, um, anybody I've spoken with that, that was at this event feels the same way. Iowa wrestled Oklahoma State a couple of years ago, and I believe it was number – they were like number two and number three. Yes, uh, I remember Something this. like that. And out the gate um, – Spencer Lee was their national champion, their their top guy and everything for Iowa. Nick Piccinini is OSU's guy, and he's right there kind of in the same conversation with, with Spencer Lee um, at, at that time. Both were undefeated, everything else. Nick Piccinini pinned Spencer Lee in the very first match, in the very first period of, like, of this duel that had 13,300-something people. I mean, yeah. it, it was packed. Packed. Yes. And, and, and you take – there's extra seats on the floor, so I, th- I don't know what the capacity is of Gallagher for a basketball game, but it's more for wrestling because right. you've got an extra 50 or so seats on the floor or whatever. Um, the loudest thing I've ever heard. I mean, oh, the I'm crowd sure the place came up the foundation. It yes. was the, and, and I've heard old-timers talk about um, back in the uh, 80s when it was old Gallagher and they could only seat like 5,000 people and stuff like that. There were a couple of old wrestling matches back then that, that had that type of thing. But it was the wildest thing I've ever seen. And anyway, Oklahoma State and Iowa wrestle, and they're, they're actually taking it out at Gallagher-Iba this year and are going to wrestle in a base, at the Rangers Stadium in uh, Arlington. And uh, it's kinda, seriously, yeah, it's kind of outdoors. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I um, mean, it's it's going to be side by side with uh, Iran and the Team USA, like wrestling another match. So, um, so when is this? This is. I'd have to. Uh, it's February. Oh maybe, yeah, I'm going uh, to this. Let me look up the date here. Um, That's incredible. But yeah, it's um, it, it's it was kind of set up by. Uh, Chad Weiberg, the Oklahoma State athletic director, um, and I don't know, you know, what pushed it, what gave him this idea, or whatever else. But he, uh, he, it's a Globe Life Field. Um, let's see, February twelfth. It's Saturday, February twelfth. So, okay. Uh, but the, uh, but yeah, it should be a great environment. They. Iowa kind of – I was the national champion last year um, and was the favorite coming into this season, but they had some injuries and some different things. And OSU, I think, has looked a little bit better than I originally would have thought, um, barring whatever Ferrari's circumstance is going to be after this uh, this car accident and everything. Um, but if they um, – it should be a good duel. There are a lot of – there at least five matches that could go either way, and uh, a lot of highly ranked guys um, should be should be a really interesting one. But it, it's going to be a cool event. I mean, I've never seen a f- wrestling match at a baseball field. <laughs> you know, I don't that's know. awesome. Be, I'm excited, so, man. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, Seth Duckworth, man, with Pistol Spiring and a bunch of, of other organizations. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you so much for your time. I, I'd love to talk. Maybe we can get together again before that duel and, and chat again about what's going on with the Oklahoma State wrestling program, wrestling in general. I'd love this. I honestly, I mean, I, you know, I sit down and do a lot of these interviews, and, uh, you know, you, this is the first time you and I have spoken, and, and uh, you just never know what you're going to get, but you killed it, man. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Man. I appreciate it. Have nice. a good one. That's it.